99% of our episodes are completely unscripted. 99, David and I don't have a conversation before the podcast other than, hey, sis, what you been up to the last couple of days? We don't talk. We're not in a text group where we're like, today we're teaching about this thing. Now, I say 99% because there is sometimes 1% of the time where I or he will come to set or that morning and I'm like, yo, I had this, I had this thought that's been on my mind. I want to teach about this today. But even in teaching about it, it's never a prepared lesson. It might be something like five steps to making money, right? And then we get in the studio and we're literally giving you our five steps and we're thinking through it in real time. So when we're talking about transparency, I believe that the reason that so many people relate to social proof and have has made us the number one podcast for entrepreneurship in the world. I believe it has a lot to do with allowing our audience to get an inside view of us thinking through the things and kind of like having flashbacks, like a lot of this conversation and the lessons that we're teaching is literally real time flashbacks of us thinking about our real process. So when we talk about no fluff, like we can't hide from it because we're never like prepared. When you see the iPad come out, though, oh, it's going down. It's going down. It's absolutely going down. David and I, we were backstage and we both looked at each other and we said two things. First thing. We have to deliver something in this live audience that everybody can have an actionable step and go home and execute on. But then we looked at each other and said, we're not prepared. We're not prepared. And then David said, but maybe we are prepared. I didn't say maybe. I said, we're always prepared. We're always prepared. And I said, you're right, because the preparation is in us. So number two, I would say is go with intention. Mm-hmm. So making sure that uh, you know what you're looking for when you get there, not mm-hmm. just trying to get what comes to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm very intentional about like for, for InvestFest, it was two things. One, making sure that our name continues to stay good out in the street. So in my mind, I'm going with the thought process that I am going to talk to and take as many pictures as possible because I want when people to leave, they say, well, you know, David is a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. I like saying, yo, nah, he was like super genuine and I'm cracking jokes. And if I am in a rush, like, cause you know, like I got to get to somewhere. I got to get to the backstage. I got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's some people I'm like, yo, all right, yo, come on, walk, walk with me. With me. Mm-hmm. And we get a chance to talk, chop it up. Chop, and like, yo, it was, it was a couple of people. They was with me for a good 30, 45 minutes at every stop. We just, we just rocking. And I think that was a part of an experience for them. Right. So, uh, and also the second thing was finding bigger people to interview. So I know it's going to be the best of the best in this building, 20,000 people, but the, the, the draw are these mega stars. So I'm thinking, yo, who can I get to jump on the podcast? And remember JD, Jermaine Dupree, mm-hmm. we had that conversation at Rick Ross house. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, we ever get information? How did, and I was like, I think Donnie, he get, he knows he gave me an email. That's not really getting checked, but check this out. So, Okay, and this is a a lesson. This is a lesson. So look, look. 
That's it right he there. He wrote it down. He gave mm-hmm. me his number. But that oh, first meeting. He did give me a phone number. Oh, now you want to take my glory. No, 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 no. no. It, was, it was the dream who gave me a, an email address that never got a response. What number but the, did he give you? Hold on, the, I hope it ain't the same number. Um, <laughs> did I you ever think call I might have. I probably deleted it because don't play with me. If he gave you a number? Because the, whatever, I reached okay. out twice. He gave you his email, he gave me his number. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I reached out so twice, like, they never answered. Here's what was cool, though. So I, he was like, yeah, man, I, I, I remember you. And he said, yo, did I ever give you my information? I'm like, well, I think you gave it to Donnie. I think you gave her your, your I said, I think you gave your information to Donnie. He was like, oh, all right, man, well, let's, let, let's make this thing happen. What, so crazy, while he's putting his number in my phone, another guy came, he said, yo, J.D., this dude's dope. I, I went to one of his workshops, one of his uh, podcast workshops. He really know what he's doing. And J- and actually, I think he was giving me his email address. I really do. And then the guy comes over and like he, he pulls a phone out of his pocket and he like just it just takes take mad long to do this because he could have gave his like, you know, he knows it. But he's like, oh, yeah, he said, yo, this dude's dope, man. Like you really need to connect with him. And I was like, that's amazing, right? Because then, you know, somebody vouched for me, and I, and I start talking to the guy, and I'm like, so, you know, what, what is it? Do you? He said, yeah, JD, that's my right hand. I'm, I'm with him all the time. This is what we do. He said, I've been trying to convince him to do the do a podcast. He said, I said, yo, bro. He said, but I can't get him to, like, really take it seriously. So I told him, yo, we can sit down for 20 minutes. I guarantee I'll make it make sense for him. So he said, okay, cool. Let's, let's connect and let's make it happen. So I just thought I, that... It was, it was so motivating to me because I'm like, yo, what opportunities am I leaving on the table because I'm not willing to do what it takes? Yep. Mm. What opportunities am I, like, leaving on the table? I just don't get it. You know, it was so crazy. Uh, when I first started coaching, I, you know, I just started helping people. They just asked me, I'm making a couple dollars in my T-shirt brand. You want some help? I got you. But I decided... People say, yo, I want to, you know, I want you to, um, I want to pick your brain. And I say, well, at least take me to lunch. Because I started taking other people to lunch. Would you you believe that there were some people that said, lunch? You got your own money. I just need, I just got a couple questions. So they let lunch stand in the way of some information that could really take them to another level. And then I was like, all right, all these people are taking me to lunch. Now I'm going to start charging. And I think my first session was $100, $150, something like that. And there was some people, $150? Oh, no, I can't. They let $150 stand in the way. So this kid is a few thousand in. I haven't given him a dime. But now I feel obligated. I got to figure out something. I got to, I don't know. I don't know what it is. We got to do something. But, like, what is standing in the way of you getting to your destiny? What is standing in the way of you getting to your goal? I know what the number one thing is for most people. Might that be? Ego. Your ego is standing in the way of you getting what you want. Because so many of us right now, because we're able to see the success all over social media, we're able to see these results out loud. Many of us, and I'll say us, many of us are scared to start at the start. Mm. You want to start showing things when you have the clients that you want and you've made the money that you want, but you have to show the beginning and you can't be afraid to go to somebody and say, I need help. 
You can't be afraid to go to somebody and say, I noticed that you do this a little better than me. Can you help me? You can't be afraid to raise your hand and say, I just don't know. Instead, what you'll do instead is try to create an answer. Oh, I have an answer. I don't really know, but I'm going to say something that sounds good, right? Or we judge those people who can help us. We're looking at people and we're like, I know more than them. I don't understand how they got to where they are. And I'm sitting here and my information is better. Where is it? Where is the information? And instead of judging those people, maybe we should be asking for help. So ask yourself, is my ego currently holding me back from a situation? Raise your hand if you're bold enough, if your ego is currently holding you back from something because you're scared to ask, scared to confess, scared to admit, scared to try, scared to start, scared to go to that person who you're hating on for help. Nobody? Yeah, I was in L.A., and this guy came up. He said, man, I love what you're doing, man. Got a couple questions. What happened was he didn't ask me not one question. For five minutes, he was talking about himself. Oh, yes. And it was like he didn't want to, He wanted to, like, assert who he was for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there like, oh, oh. Really? Oh, oh wow. Okay, cool. oh, I'm impressed. Great. In my head, I'm like, dang. It's, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the end. So for the, like, the last three minutes, I'm trying to find the end to stop the conversation. That's what's going on in my head. Yeah. He's talking to me, but I'm thinking, can I get in there and say I got to... I, I can't get in there. But he just kept going. It was his ego. Because he kept saying, yo, yeah, you younger than me, man, but da-da-da-da. But you younger than me, but it was his ego. He talked to me for five... Then asked not one question. And then, after the conversation was over, it's, it's almost like he got what he wanted out of the conversation. <laughs> it's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir, turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It was he, like, he seemed so relieved. He said, man, man, great talking to you, man. It was... <laughs> Oh, that's big. Like, think, like, y'all that are here, just think of the last thing you quit. Can you honestly say you've done everything you could to keep it going? Not even the business. Let's just say a relationship. Yeah. Did you do everything you could? No stone unturned. I, I, I tried and I tried, I tried all. And I think some people take it as I'm trying the same thing. That's it. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm just, okay, the relationship isn't working and I'm just loving the person harder. And I'm going to love harder. And they're still not loving me back. And I'm just going to love harder. And we might say, oh, well, I gave everything I could. Not true. Mm-hmm. You just tried the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Did we try identifying what love looks like to them? Mm. Did we try to talk to some of their friends to see, okay, what is the real issue? Did we try sitting down with the person to ask point blank, yo, what do you think we need to do? Did we change any habits? Did we change anything? Did we change anything? And that's really important because in relationship, in friendship, in business, you will see that there are elements that you have to change. Like, oh, I should have done this differently. Mm -hmm. But then you give it another go and... You start doing things a little differently, but you fall back into your same inconsistent or uh, detrimental behavior and you start getting that same result. And then you've convinced yourself, oh, I even changed X, Y, and Z and it still didn't work. No, you changed X, Y, and Z temporarily. Mm -hmm. You weren't consistent at the change that was required, which is why you end up back in the same place. Wanting to quit. 100%. We have a product and we're like, yo, I'm I'm trying to sell all that I can. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. And you're like, yo, I'm, I'm trying harder. I'm doing all that I can. Every day I go out and I'm selling stuff. But maybe it's the thing that you're selling, not the fact that you're selling the thing over and over again. Maybe your work, nothing wrong with your work ethic. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's the product. Yeah. Maybe it's nothing wrong with the work ethic or the product. Maybe it's your delivery. It could be the packaging. It could be the messaging. It could be when you're out in the streets, you don't look like somebody that people want to buy from. You ever like had somebody sell something and you don't buy it because you judge the person off of it? Mm. Someone tried to sell me a t-shirt one time, like their t-shirt brand, but their presentation didn't look like somebody I wanted to like have help with my fashion situation for the day. I, listen... It happens. Your collar looks crazy. And it gives me this. My shirt was folded on somebody's living room floor. <laughs> I don't. While you might be folding shirts right now on your living room floor as a consumer, mm-hmm. I want to believe my shirt was 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 folded in a warehouse, yep. <laughs> right on a table mm-hmm. that's been cleaned. You got the work ethic, products dope, but when you try to sell it to me, it smells like smoke because you're smoking your car. Mm-hmm. Can you stop smoking long enough to make a million bucks? Oh. Have your pitch down. Have your pitch down. Uh, I teach this all the time. I help X do Y by Z. When someone says... You do what, David? I help X. No, no. Who teaches this all the time? I teach it all the time. 
I've been teaching this for two years. Where'd you get this from? From you. Okay, just. It's mine now. <laughs> cannot. Yo, this guy will be the first person to say you're copying him or you're stealing from him. Every cool thing I say, he's been teaching for two, three years. No, this was one. And I told you, ooh, that was good. You say that about a lot of stuff. Like what? Name another one. I can name a lot. You steal more from me than I steal from you. For sure. <laughs> but not in your face. You, no, but I told you. I was like, you'll hey, see Dottie, recorded I'm that. trainings that I've done later. I don't do it in your face. A, <laughs> so, which one's worse again? Anyway, let's tell people have your statement down packed. Like, what is it that you do? So, let me give you all my patent pending training. <laughs> I help X do Y by Z. Okay? I help X do Y by Z. The X is the who, and this is the sauce I put on it, okay? Because I teach it way better than you now. Oh my God. So, the X is the who. Who is it that you help? So, I say, hey, what do you do? Yo, I help single moms. Oh, I help people that are going through mental health issues. I help this person. I help. This is what I, this is how I help, especially in an entrepreneurial community, okay? I help. I help this type of person. What do you do? What do you help them do? I help X do Y. I help single parents um, cope with being single. Or I help beginning entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their business. I help X do Y by Z. Be clear on who you help and how you help them. What are you helping them accomplish? And then Z, how do you help them do that? Mm -hmm. I help beginning stage entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale a business with my three-step process, with my ebook, with my coaching community, with my program. With my Donnie's course, information. With Donnie's information. I, I leave that part out. But just be clear, because you, you've been in a situation where you ask someone what they do, and it takes 20 minutes to explain what they do, and, and at the end of it, know. you still have no idea what they do. You still don't know what they do. Yeah, so perfect your intro. Get, get, get your introduction of what it is you do and who you are in a succinct sentence. What you got? What right now can you identify about yourself? And you don't have to say it out loud, but what's that thing that's holding you back from taking that next step or going to that next level, starting your podcast, taking your business to the next level, going into a, a new division? Maybe you're doing right now, but you want to be teaching. What's stopping? You're smiling. You already have identified something. And I can relate this back to David encouraging me to start the Full Transparency podcast. And it took about six months of just really saying, Donnie, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. Well, most people assumed that my fear was doing a podcast without Dave. And that wasn't the fear. I've always thought that I would be the next Oprah Winfrey, right? Like, give me the mic and a chair, set me up and let me go ham. But when I started to do Social Proof Podcast, and I know everything that goes along with it, I know that one of the dynamics that make us so great is the fact that we are together. And I wasn't afraid of sitting in front of a camera and talking and, you know, solo episodes. That's not it. Do people want to see me without Dave sitting next to me? Mm. You never are, told me that. Yeah, 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 I did. Wow. The dynamic of... Dave and Donnie is powerful. Y'all wasn't rocking with it at first, but then you grew to absolutely love it. You love it so much. Now, if we create this separation and it's just Donnie, even though I know what I'm talking about, 
do you want to see me by myself? That was one thing. That was one fear that I had to get over in order to do it. The second thing was knowing me and my level of procrastination, am I going to stick with this to deliver episodes week after week after week? Do I want to give myself another task that forces me to challenge myself in an area that I have struggled in all my life? That meant that in order to do this, in order to execute on it, I had to face a challenge and correct it. I have to show up because now we've put it out and if I miss the episode, which won't happen, you guys are holding me accountable and then I'll lose viewership because it's like, oh, okay, she was consistent. Now she's not anymore. If David and I didn't put out the Social Proof podcast every single week, we weren't consistent, we didn't show up for ourselves, you would find someone else to watch. So there's two things with this new idea. And I'm saying it this way because most of you, raise your hand if you already have a business. Keep your hand raised if there's a new direction that you know you need to go into in your business. Put them down if you don't. All right. So most of you already have an existing idea, but you know there's something you should be doing, whether it's starting your own podcast, whether it's building your authority so that you can become a coach or a consultant, whether it's you know now that you need to stop just trying to let ads sell for you and you actually need to take sales calls. You're afraid to get on that phone. You don't think you know what to say, but you're not preparing for it. You're instead hiding and running from it so you never get to confront that fear fear, that thing that's uncomfortable for you, I want you to take a note right now. If you're taking notes on paper, I want you to write down three things, three things that have consistently shown up and held you back from going to another level. There's this challenge again. Sometimes it's procrastination. Yeah. I think another, another thing that might be standing in the way is you value money more than information. You could quite possibly love your money more than information. Because mm. if you didn't, you would spend the money on information. But anytime you don't spend money on information, you're saying the information is more valuable, or my money is more valuable than the information that I might get. When I go to these events, or, like, I'm not looking for a whole lot. It's like one or two things that I, I don't care how much I pay for it. There's one or two things that I'm looking to extract. And I'm thinking in my head, if I can get this, it's worth the 2000 If I can get this one thing, it's worth the 4000 So we got a, a boot camp coming up, a content creation boot camp. How many you been to? You came to two boot camps. And it's, it's two days of learning how to create content. Somebody DM'd me and said the tickets are too high. And I get it. It's just from your perspective. But, like, I've made millions understanding how to create content. I've been creating content since 2010, 2011. Millions of dollars understanding how to create content, how to paint pictures online so that I can grow a following. Because I know if I have a following, I'm not even good at sales. If enough people follow me, somebody's gonna buy something if I offer it. So the ticket price, I think it's 20, it's 2,500 right now. Would you invest 2,500 to get one or two nuggets that can take you to another level. What if one, what if one nugget helps you make an extra 10,000 this year? Because here's what I know about entrepreneurs. It's not a million things that you're missing. Mm -hmm. It's one or two adjustments. It's literally one or two adjustments. 
tonight, somebody's going to unlock something tonight that takes you to another level. It's not all the stuff. It wasn't the story about Cam. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the pitch. It was something that you're going to grab. I don't know who it is. Somebody's going to grab one nugget, and they're like, yep, that's it. I'm implementing how to how to assert myself in a presentation, how to get my pitch down so I'm not uncomfortable in front of people. Who can help me? Yeah. Who can help me? That would be a really, really good question to ask yourself before you quit. Yeah. Because you have an idea. It's like something inside of you that says this is going to work, but you could be doing it all on your own. Or we connect with our friends and family, the closest people to us, and they can't help us. Or they won't help us. And we get mad at them and we say stuff like, well, nobody's supporting me. Well, really, it's like three people that you ask and that's your circle of influence. You say, nobody's supporting me. But what I've experienced is in every issue that I've ever had with business, there's somebody who can help me with that issue. Mm-hmm. And I can't get myself out of that. Mm-hmm. I know it. So I'm always looking for who can solve this particular problem for me? Who, see, who sees it in a different perspective? Sometimes people come on the Brain Picker podcast, dope product, really nice person. They can't get to the next level, but we'll have a conversation and we'll, we just see it from a different perspective. I can help you and not even help you sell the product, but I'm helping you look at it at a different perspective. Donnie's giving you a, oh, here's the thing. Your, your funnel's broken. You'd have never found that on your own. Your messaging is off. You'd have never found it on your, the way things look aesthetically, Yours gift might not be a presentation of a thing, but it's really good and people like you and it's going well. But sometimes Donnie can say, well, we need to really put this product in a nice box, nice wrapping paper, bow on top, because that's going to sell the thing just like the thing inside the box will. But you can't see it because it's not your gift. Mm -hmm. And to elaborate on your point before I move to the next one of who can help you, When you're thinking about who can help you, make sure you're going to people who actually can help you, right? (laughs) Not people that you like to necessarily talk to. Sometimes you may have to get outside of your circle, for example. Um, Some of us grew up in households where we didn't learn a whole lot about money. We saw our parents struggling to pay bills. Anybody in here can relate to that? Yes. So would it be a wise choice to go to mom or dad and say, mom or dad, how do I create a budget? We didn't grow up in a house with parents who had good budgeting skills. If you grew up in a home with parents who had terrible credit, why would you go to them for credit advice? But your best friend's father has excellent credit. Maybe go to that best friend's father. Like when you're determining who can help you, it's also very important to identify who's unqualified to help you as well. Mm, and in this case where you're wanting to do more, like, I don't know about you. I don't know about any of you, but at a time I've been in circles of people that I outgrew, right? And I wanted to start doing some bigger things with my life. I wanted to start making some better decisions, but I stayed stuck in the same situations, making the same decisions doing the, getting the same results because I'm still asking these same friends. Like I want to, I want to move beyond what this friendship offers, but right now you're the only friend. So I can only ask you and you're giving me all of this advice. That's terrible advice because you're not even thinking on that level, nor have you experienced it. When you're asking people for help, it should be someone that has experienced something close 
or significant enough to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Very, very, very important. You in your own mind can't get the result that you've never had. That's a fact. You can't. You can't. I didn't get to where I am. You didn't get to where you are thinking on your own mind. Along the way, we've taken courses and we've learned to incorporate what somebody else thought. We've, we've gotten mentors and we learned to incorporate what they thought. You being who you are right now, where you are in your life is exactly the place that you're supposed to be in because it's in direct al- in alignment with what you think and how you're thinking right now. If you want to get past that part, we have to start adapting different thought processes. And the best way, the fastest way, the most significant way is to find your who. Yes. There's a book called Who yeah. Not How. I forget the author. Is that Dan? Uh, what's, what's the name? Uh, Sullivan? Is that Dan, Was, is Dan Sullivan? Sullivan? Dan yeah. Sullivan. Who Not How. Everybody needs that book. Um, so here's a really big one. Get permission to follow up. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So at networking events, a lot of times people may feel obligated to give you information or you may corner them yeah. for their contact information. And, you know, it's like, it's like that guy in the club who asks for your number and then he calls you right then and there. And then you got to be like, oh, I left that phone at home because he might slap you in the club. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> they used to do that. It was wild in Atlanta. Anyway, seriously, get permission to follow up. And what do I mean by that? So if you're talking to someone and you guys decide that this is of mutual benefit of mutual interest, Before you walk away, say, hey, look, I want to be really intentional about following up with you. How does Monday at noon typically look for you? I'll go ahead and send you a calendar invite or I'll shoot you a text and remind you of that. When you get permission to follow up, it makes people feel like they have to respond. Like I asked you if I could follow Mm -hmm. up. You said yes. And here I am. And so if I'm meeting Dave for the first time, I'll say, hey, Dave, is it cool to call you Monday at 10? Yes. So Monday at nine, I will say, hey, Dave, it's Donnie Wiggins again. Remember, you said it was cool to call you today at 10. Just giving you a heads up that I'll do that. And that opens the doors, breaks the ice. People are expecting your call rather than just getting someone's confirmate contact information and you have no specific next step. What is the next step? Are we going to lunch? Are we hopping on a Zoom? Am I following up with you in a couple of weeks? You are locking that in and getting permission to actually do what you said you were going to do. But I think the first thing you have to do is be comfortable in your own skin. You have to look at yourself and be transparent to yourself. There are many, many faults that I see when I look in the mirror. And every day I get more and more comfortable with them. Every day I get more and more comfortable. I, there are some, I have, I have a real challenge retaining information. So I was just talking to Marlon earlier today, and he was like, yo, I'm thinking about getting in trading. And I'm like, yo, you got the brain to do that. Like trading, like trading stocks and options or crypto, whatever, right? I said, I don't have that. He was like, well, you don't have it or you don't want to do it. I'm like, bro, I ain't got it. Mm-mm. Everything I've learned is through practical application. I can't just like read it or like watch it and learn it and then apply it. I can't, right? So someone, I remember somebody told me, yo, stop saying you can't. I'm like, yo, I am comfortable in the stuff that I can't do. I'm really comfortable in the stuff that I can do. 
Not nervous coming out here to talk to y'all about entrepreneurship. This is me. I know, and I can trust Donnie. No matter what I say, she's going to piggyback. She knows she can start a conversation, and I can piggyback, but it's going to be from real life experience. But I am comfortable being me. That's why I roast me so much. I, you know one of my biggest anxieties is, um, one, I always had like head issues. Because you don't grow hair. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people to listen to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal
care anymore or well it started when i was a child so look at this i got like a little peanut head it's like a little dip right here oh it is a dip it's two of them it's like a it's a here it then it's not just it's two one. though if you look at it all from right, this all okay. right bro, all right chill so for a long time i don't i don't need your piggyback on that for a long time that was an insecurity and then my hairline starts to recede and i'm like wow i'm really never gonna get married at this rate <laughs> <laughs> but I just wore a hat on all the dates and I had my wife fall in love with me first. And then one day I'm like, <laughs> do you still love me? What I think is so crazy though, we were literally just in the all dressing room. All right, all right, all right. We were, we were <laughs> That's enough. We were literally just in the dressing room and Dave goes in the mirror. He gets in the mirror and he's no, no, like- No, no, I'm not ready to share that just yet. He's like, look at my ears. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do you notice anything about my ears? I'm like, well, they're really big and they stick out. And he's like, no, it's not that. I'm like, oh. Do you then she notice? she started pointing out other stuff. Like she's like, oh, what about the back looks real funny. I'm like, no, that's not I'm it. I'm like, either. the back is really closely connected to your neck. And he's like, no, that's not it. I'm like, you don't have earring holes? He's like, no, that's not it. You really don't see it? I'm like, no, I don't see it. He's like, I've got hair growing out of my ears see it's my first time seeing it today though like, well, it's, it's, it's not my like, first time like, seeing it but as you're talking about your hair are you going somewhere with this i just find that it's so interesting listen god will you probably been praying for hair You gotta be specific with the prayers. You gotta be specific <laughs> with the prayers, baby. <laughs> Transparency. Transparency. Reese, if you can, zoom in on that left ear. That's the heaviest growth Oh my gosh, side. back to the lesson, okay? The lesson is. The lesson is be completely comfortable in your skin, yes. even if hair is growing on it out of order. Are you done? I'm done. Okay. Think about this in all seriousness. Um, and I, I know this for a fact because I teach a lot of people like in podcasting. What do you think one of the, one of the uh, first reservations people have in podcasting is? Well, their own voice. People hate hearing their own voice. And the fact that you don't like hearing yourself on a playback is one, you'll never get an opportunity to continue, to, like to practice being able to deliver a message. But two, there's so many people that will be, that will uh, uh, not get the information that you have because you don't like your own voice. And you haven't embraced your own voice. The same voice that you hear all day, every day, since you've been alive, that same voice. And most people don't realize is like, everybody has their own tribe. Everybody has sheep that will only listen to their voice. You are a shepherd over some people, but they'll only listen to your voice. There are some people like, okay, we have a great podcast, right? But if you start a podcast, there's some people that say, yo, nope, I don't resonate with them. However, you, Marlon, you're just like me. Your sheep will listen to your voice. But the reason that most people will not succeed is because they don't like, they can't put the content out because they don't like hearing themselves. They're uncomfortable with their own voice. And how many other areas are you, are, are, 
are you holding back in because of something about you that you're not comfortable with? Before you quit or give up, you should consider who else will be affected from me quitting. Mm -hmm. Who else, who else quits? Who else loses because I decided to quit? And how much is the pain of them losing with you worth to you? Right? So who else is affected? Couple of examples. Some of you may have children. If you quit and you don't continue to pursue your dream, what kind of life does the as-is you provide your kids? If you quit, what kind of example do you fail to set for the friends around you that you see so much potential and they need to do so much better and you're that friend? If you quit, do they continue to quit? Who else stands to lose based on your decisions? For me, if I quit and I say the same, if I quit right now, my daughter stands to lose. My mom stands to lose. My friends stand to lose because just simply being associated with me provides something to their lifestyle. My employees stand to lose. If I quit right now, I am affecting dozens of lives. And then not even thinking about the lives of the people who I impact that I'll never, ever get to speak to, but you're watching, you're looking, you're listening, and it's something about Donnie Wiggins and who she is today that's driving you, that keeps you going. All of those people stand to lose. If you quit on life, you know, I hear people say sometimes who are, um, who have survived like a suicide attempt. I hear them say that at that moment, their thoughts are so cloudy that nobody else's pain matters to them. Nobody else is paying. They can't think of anybody else. And I'm, I'm imagining that it feels that way, like in business, when you're just so burnt out. I saw a clip from a podcast yesterday and it's going around on Instagram right now. I forget whose podcast it is. It might be academics where this guy says, I have been looking for good people for so long. I'm just tired. And I'm and, and he asked him, like, you, you, you that tired that you're ready to quit? And this big grown man just starts crying on this podcast. He's like, I am tired. And I wanted to be in that audience and raise my hand and say, but wait, don't get so tired that you just give it all up. Who else is going to lose? What could you continuing to search for these people that you need in your life? That result, who else could benefit from that? Who can hear your story right now? And they're feeling like you and, and you're ready to quit and you're justifying quitting for them and they jump too. They quit too. What if you just keep going long enough to be so powerful and so impactful that a nation of people keep going because of your decision to keep going? I, I was brushing my teeth one day and I had my daughter in my hands. And I brushed my teeth. You know, I like you brush and you kind of spit the stuff out into the sink. She didn't have anything in her mouth, but she was like... <laughs> it was the cutest thing. Like, yeah, baby, you, you ain't even got nothing in your mouth. So I take the mouthwash and I start gargling. I start gargling, and then I like I spit it out. And sometimes I gargle twice. The second time I'll go, I gargle, and my baby's like, <laughs> like I, so I'll gargle. I was like, I gargle and I hold it in my mouth. She's like, Ugh. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. She literally does everything I do. Yeah. Like if I start clapping, she'll start clapping. I'll call my daughter Corey, like Corey, and Sarai says Corey. 
Everything. Every if I got down and did some push-ups, right? She would like get on her knees, like just start, she would do her best to try to do what I'm doing. And I really thought about that and how many people's children are watching their parents do everything they do, including quit, including get frustrated. You wonder why maybe our child has certain issues in school with anger. It's because when someone cuts you off in traffic, you're yelling at the person. So they're, they're just modeling. They don't, they don't really know. Like she does, I can't say, hey, baby, you should gargle after you brush your teeth. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't get it. But she's just seeing what I'm doing and she adopts it. She doesn't even know that she's adopting it. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always conscious that everything that I do, for one, everything she sees me do, do, I'm very careful because I know she's going to model it. The other side is I'm very conscious about everything she doesn't see me do because you can't hide the things that you don't do for long. It will show up in something. So if around whoever you're trying to influence, you're holding your anger, right? Because you don't want them to see it. But if outside of that person, that's how you are, eventually, eventually, it will become who they see you are. You can't hide. So I think quitting is the same. So if you started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped and you have children, you are setting them up to be a starter and a stopper. Go win. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to go win. Learn a skill set, adopt it, and win. So now, because we've quit so many times, we can't even give our kids the message that you should never give up. Yeah. Because they see it. They see you give up all the time. You might be a child, 18, 19, 20 years old. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And your parent is, let's say, 40, my age, right? We need inspiration too. Yo, you don't know how you inspiring your adults, your aunts, your uncles, your your parents. I inspired my mom so much to be an entrepreneur, to go out there. And every every so often, I'll have some sort of wins in business and she'll say, yo, you know what? I got to stop playing with this real estate thing. I got to go all in. But if I quit, it'd been okay for everybody that sees me to quit. So I want us to really consider it. Yeah. Your daughter would have definitely... She she doesn't see mommy quit too much. And I think like because of who you are, on and off camera, on and off from being around people, she's picking up a lot of you. Even like Donnie, she's pushing her daughter. She's grooming her daughter to be the person to run her company. Grooming her daughter. Like that's how generational wealth starts. Generational legacy. I'm about to make a certain generational thing. I shouldn't have said it. 
I love it. I love it. Number six, take notes, not bars. And I see a lot of people, especially in conf, you know conferences. We're, one, we're one, we're <laughs> writing down everything that happens, right? And you might miss what you really need by take trying to like transcribe the whole presentation or mm-hmm. trying to transcribe all of it, or you're only writing down bars or mm-hmm. th- things that don't really apply to you. For me, I'm not wasting my ink on something that doesn't apply to me in the moment right now, because as someone's talking, whether it's a presentation panel or something like that, I'm scanning this whole conversation for something I can use in the moment. I'm not taking notes to be able to like re rerun it back to other people. Mm-hmm. And also what I take more notes of are my thoughts, not necessarily what someone said, because someone could say something and it'll spark a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I take that down. I write that down. Oh, I get it now. And mm-hmm. it might be, it might be something that I've been dealing with or struggling with, not necessarily what the person said, but if it sparks something, yeah. that's what I'm, I'm trying to take real notes in the moment mm-hmm. of something that can help me in the moment. Yeah. So not just something I could repost on social media. Let me share something with you. We have our list of things we're afraid of, right? Look at the list. That list is comprised of things that hasn't even happened yet. It's not like we had a bully, right? I remember being afraid of a bully that, yo, if the bully beat me up, I'm afraid of that person, right? But for the most part, as we get older, we don't really face bullies like that. We face a bunch of stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Look at it, okay. I'm afraid of saying no. What's the word, what, what will happen if you say no? I mean, nothing. I'm afraid of failure. Well, what will happen if you fail? Let me show, let me tell you how I got over that. And it was like, a, it was a realization that I had like, dang, everything I'm afraid of hasn't even happened yet. I, there's no reason for me to be afraid of it. It hasn't even happened yet. So I'm thinking, man, I'm making good money on my job and I start this t-shirt business and I'm making money on the t-shirt business. And I'm like, man, I need to quit my job. But I was a what? I was afraid. I was afraid. And I really had to sit down and think. And I was like, okay, what am I really afraid of? What am I really afraid of? And I write down, quitting my job, going broke. It doesn't work. And I said to myself, if I quit the Cheesecake Factory and I go full time with my business, if that business doesn't work, I'll have to go back and work at the Cheesecake Factory. That's something to be afraid of, right? But think about it. In the moment I'm saying it, I'm currently working at the Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) My biggest fear was to quit and have to come back to where I am today. Isn't that crazy? My biggest fear is like what I'm doing right now, and I'm already doing it. That's what pushed me over the edge. And I said, oh, well, worst thing that could happen is I'll be doing exactly what I'm doing right now. What is there to fear? So think about it. You guys are afraid of failure, but you probably wouldn't call yourself a success now, right? In terms of business, 
Because if you were, you wouldn't be going after the business. Does that make sense? So like not making money in the business is your fear, but you're not making money in the business now. So at least let's go through learned experience. Let's like, maybe we can make a couple of dollars. We can learn something. We can at least go after something so that our grandkids, we can sit around. And one of my biggest fears was like having my, my kids and my grandkids sit around and I have no stories to tell. Or they can point at me and say, he didn't try. Mm. Nobody will ever say he didn't go for it. Yeah. Give me a round of applause. That was good. Oftentimes, it's not even the thing that you wrote down on your paper that you're afraid of. And I could even challenge what Dave is saying when you said, my fear at the time was having to go back to the Cheesecake Factory. It's even a step further than that it's not really having to go back to the Cheesecake Factory that you were afraid of because you were already accustomed to that environment. You were afraid of the judgment that you would receive by going back to the Cheesecake Factory. So many of you wrote something down on your paper that really isn't the fear. 90% of what you're fearing is connected to, well, if somebody else recognizes this flaw in me, if somebody else recognizes this failure in me, what are they gonna think? What are they gonna think if I go from driving a Mercedes Benz back to driving a Nissan Altima? What are they gonna think if I'm an entrepreneur today? If I scale my business and hire this team and it doesn't work and I have to go back and, and get a job or I, I no longer have an assistant, what are the people that I'm so worried about going to say about me? How am I going to be judged? You're afraid of judgment. And a way that I overcame being afraid of judgment, I wrote down the names of the people that would judge me. I wrote down the names of the people that would judge me. And then next to their name, I wrote out the great thing that they've done that was so impactful. <laughs> that their judgment actually mattered. I don't want you to miss that. Most of the time, we are afraid of being judged by people for trying something. These people haven't tried a thing. And you can say it, and you've heard that somewhere before. You've heard that already. But it wasn't until I'm such an action taker. I have to write it down. Sometimes I have to see it in front of me. I heard it before. I heard somebody say, don't worry about being judged by somebody who ain't doing anything with their lives. Don't worry about, you're worried about your next move in your business by somebody who's never started a business. You're worried about showing somebody that you have to pivot in your business when they're still on the same job, underpaid, complaining about that same coworker over that same coffee machine in that same break room, pulling up to that same environment that drains them every single day. I want you right now, write down three names of people that you're afraid to be judged by. And then next to their name, write down what you know to be their greatest accomplishment. Mm, he actually, said I'm blank. I actually had a plan too. Uh, like, cause I did run this scenario in my head that if I had to go to the cheesecake, like if I had to go back to Cheesecake Factory, because it's a chain, I'll just go to one in another city. Don't nobody know me. <laughs> that was a real plan That's of mine. That's a fact. I was like, <laughs> let me just Yo, move to Kansas. I did the same thing. I thought. <laughs> I was going. When I left my job in 2014, 
I was so afraid. I had moved my mom. I had moved myself into this luxury high-rise apartment building, right? Condo building. And I got real froggy. I moved my mama in too. I had her completely walk away from her home to move her into this condo building. And then I had the audacity to quit the job that allowed me to be in that position. And my mom didn't believe necessarily at that point in entrepreneurship. So I had to hide from my mom. I had to hide the possible failure from my mom. You ever been like at home, I don't know, in any environment, um, especially like when you were a kid and your parents come in the room and you were chilling, you were laying back and you got to jump up real quick and act like you were doing some work. That's like the energy that my mom gave me. When we lived together, anytime I heard her coming down the hall, I could not rest because I knew that every second she didn't see me moving, I was being judged. Now, my mom is a person that means the world to me. And I said that in 2014, when I left my job, if all else fails, Uber drivers were getting paid back in the day. I'm going to drive on the other side of town. Nobody lives in Ackworth that I know. I'm going all the way, 45 minutes away, and I'm Uber driving every single day because it has to work or it has to work. There's always a backup plan. There's always a strategy that's available. But I didn't do that. Instead, I had to come to terms with, I understand that my mom is judging me. But I watched my mom over the years start a business and stop it. Start a business and stop it. Start a business and stop it. Here I am starting the business. And when things get hard, I keep going. And then I start another thing. And when things get hard there, I keep going. And then I have an obstacle that I'm confronted with. And guess what? I overcome it. And then another obstacle that I'm confronted with. And I overcome that too. And so I realized there's a distinct difference. I cannot be afraid of what my mom thinks about me in business because it looks a lot different than what I am actually doing. Seriously, think about those people that you are so fearful of being Judged by most of you as parents, some of you as your spouse, others of you as your best friends. How dare you be afraid of being judged by friends who have less than you, who are doing less than you, who want less than you? We were talking about this backstage about raising the bar for ourselves. Everybody say, raise the bar. I'm going to be honest with you. Most of your bars are in the trash. He said, what? <laughs> Word? Most of your bars are set so low. You only want this. If I could just do that. If I could only get this. What's the saying? If you aim for the stars, if you aim for the moon, you'll land on the stars. Most of you have earth level bars. You're not even aiming for the moon. Your bar is being set by the standard that somebody else gave you. My bar could have been the standard that my parents set for me. Go to school, become a chemical engineer. Black women are killing it in that industry, making all the money. You go to school, you graduate that, with that degree, you'll work in somebody's factory and you're gonna make $75,000 a year. That could have been my bar. 
compared to what I've actually done and accomplished by betting on myself, would you agree that that bar could have been in the trash? I could have settled for 75,000 or I could be the Donnie Wiggins today that made seven figures. Which bar are you setting for yourself? What's your floor? What's your ceiling? There's a billionaire who says, I could have went for seven figures. My bar would have been on the floor. I knew that I would become a billionaire earner. There's a trillionaire who's saying, oh, seven figures, laughable. Your bar, not only are your goals and your results based on somebody else, most of the time the things that you're aspiring to be are created by evidence of something that you saw somebody else doing. You come into rooms like this and you see people up here. You saw uh, TJ on stage talking about real estate and how to acquire real estate. Now, anybody in here inspired to another level to go out there and, and make money in real estate? Raise your hand. Your bar in that area, your goal, your desire is set based on information that he gave you. You need more TJs, more Georges, more Carters, more Davids, more Donnies. Your bar right now is set based on those people who are judging you. Before we quit, consider, do I just need a break? Do I just need to slow down? We don't have to quit. Maybe we can slow down. Cool mm, story. Took mine. I'm going to change it up a little. Let okay, me good. <laughs> okay. I'm driving. And it's pouring down, raining. Me and my uh, me and my boy Brandon, we're driving from I think Orlando. Pouring down, raining. I'm talking about raining cats and dogs. It's crazy. So we're driving, and it's almost like out of nowhere, it just just pours down. So we're driving. We slow down, but we don't stop. We just kind of slow down. But I see cars on the side of the road with their hazards on. They pulled over. And me and my friend were talking like, yo, should we just pull over and wait for the rain to subside? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, nah, let's just, we'll just slow down, put on our hazards, and we'll just keep moving. But they're like, literally, it's that bad. Like, it's hard to see. But there are people, we see people with their, pulled over to the side of the road, flashing lights. So this goes on for maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute, maybe. And eventually, it stops. Like, where we're at, there's no rain at all. It's almost like, like a split screen, pouring down raining here, no rain here. It was crazy. Like we get out, I'm like, oh, oh man, that was weird. You know what I mean? Like normally, I, I would imagine it slowing down. But I started to really think about all the people that stopped, and they have no idea that no rain is thirty seconds away. Yeah. They have no idea. They just see all the rain. They have no idea if they. Slowing down is necessary sometimes. It's okay to slow down. I'm not mad at that. Sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need a mental break. Sometimes you need, okay, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Okay, but you know what? Maybe I'm going to stop from 10 to 2 and I'm going to drive Uber. I'm going to go get some money, but I'm not quitting. I just don't have the full day anymore. I'm going to slow down. Slowing down is necessary sometimes. But stopping is unacceptable. Especially if you feel like you're doing all that you can. And it's sad when people like have momentum and they quit because they ran out of money. 
don't stop. Just like, let's just slow down. Let's figure out. Let's re-strategize. Let's, let's retool. 30 seconds. You have no idea. Oh my gosh. There's so many opportunities that have, that are coming to me today from things that I did a year ago. And they're like, yo, are you still, I, I ain't been following you lately on social media, but do you still do that thing? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course I still, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can service that. I haven't done a whole lot of speaking gigs, but I'm not telling people I don't, I don't speak. A guy hit me, yo, it was literally uh, the other day, work-based learning. And I was, uh, I would be a speaker every now and again. I'd just be one of the breakout speakers or whatever. And I kind of just, kind of slowed down because I wanted a keynote space because I'm like, the, the keynote speakers y'all got, I would kill that. And the guy reached out two years later, yesterday actually, two days ago. And he said, um, he said, hey man, we're about to kick it back up. We love for you to be the keynote speaker. He's like, yo, I've been watching all the stuff that you've been doing. He said, I've been following, he said, I, I follow your podcast, all that kind of stuff. And two years later, without me having to ask or promote, but I, I, I slowed down on like, on forcing the fact that I need to speak at your event. And I just kept growing, kept growing. And two years later, my man's like, yo, we want you to be the speaker. Mm-hmm. So slowing down is okay, but just don't pull over. Yeah. Just don't pull over. Yeah, it's, you're so close to that breakthrough. You got to get around people who see it bigger. That's it. Write that down. You got to get around people who see it bigger. When I wanted to make six figures... I started to hang with people who made six figures. When I wanted to make seven figures, I started to hang around people who made seven figures. As simple as when I wanted to become an entrepreneur, I had to stop hanging around people who weren't actively pursuing entrepreneurship or already were entrepreneurs. Many of us are held back just by our own network, just by our own circle. Like if you're doing what somebody close to you is doing, you feel like you're doing good enough. Bars on the floor. You're hanging around people that you're doing better than. And so you think you're excelling and you're doing great bars in the trash. Because look at what you're comparing your result to. Time is not on our side. You guys know that, right? Like right now, we are in the middle of the best of our years. We are in literally experiencing the best of our years. You have your best health. You have your best physical abilities. You have your best mindset. Ah, my physical ability was a little bit. About 10 years ago, I could dunk. I used to be able to dunk. So I challenged you, you on the You were never physical. able to dunk. Anything. I'm just saying I'm not in my best. Let me let 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 me say this. (laughs) I just want to challenge you right there. If you this could be your bar. (laughs) My knees are different. This could be your bar. The person who goes to the gym once a week and touches a machine for two minutes. Ten. This could be your bar. The person who is determined to be in the best physical shape of her life at age 44. And to do that, I'm working out every single day. Well, now, five days a week. I didn't know she was 44, did you? Go on, clap it up for being elderly and fine. (laughs) Just fine and elderly. (laughs) Seriously, and even if I'm not, like, you know, I'm probably not doing backflips and all that stuff like I was when I was a cheerleader, but I really feel like I'm in the best shape of my life. Do you know why I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life? Why? 
because there was a period of like three years when I was in the worst shape of my life mm. and now I'm in such a better I'm, I'm in such more of a better position because I'm actually doing the work like I made a decision and that's what that's what many of you have to do what's your next step and where you got to go write it down where do you immediately need to go put it in your phone write it down we should see all hands fingers moving where do you immediately need to go right now raise your hand if the place that you need to go to get to the next level in your business, you've needed to go there for more than a year. It's been like a rolling thought. Raise them high. We're not judging, kind of, but raise them high. If you like the video that you just watched, click this one. You're going to like this one, maybe even more. Click it right now. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.